0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everybody, I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast.
1: Welcome back to Believe in Colts, I'm Lawrence Owen. With me as usual is my guy, Donald Thomas, and the Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday, oh my goodness, I don't even want I almost don't want to talk about the game. I just want to talk about the Colts, you know, in general, like the team which I, I obviously we're going to get into a lot. Uh, but yeah, they defense did not look good against the new Orleans saints. And I was afraid that was going to happen when it came to the past defense. I I predicted that and I was worried about it and it happened. And now, you know, you got social media all over the place just wanting calling for Gus Bradley, like that's his fault. But at the same time, it kinda is if you look at it in a specific way. Uh Donald, what was your thoughts of the game this past Sunday?
0: Well, Lawrence, um complete disappointment, so to speak. Um you said calling for Gus for Gus Bradley. And I, you know, coming from a player standpoint, I highly like, I don't. The only way you call for him is if we really get a report that guys are truly unhappy and are not playing well in that system because of his system. I don't know that to be a fact. I don't know that to be remotely true. And I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is this from the outside looking in and I'm on the outside of 56th street now, right? I'm not on the inside of 56th street. I don't know what goes on seven days a week over there. I don't know the feel. I don't know the, I don't know the flavor, but. Those guys are NFL players and they're there for a reason. And they're there to make plays and to, you know, the bare minimum, like not blow a coverage, the bare minimum to be able to hold up against a double team, the bare minimum to wrap up on a tackle. That ain't Gus Bradley's fault. It's not Gus Bradley's fault. That comes down to the player. And so I always get upset because, like, you know, like you call for a coach and whatever, like it starts at the head. So if we want to be real, let's not throw the coordinator under the bus. Let's throw the the head coach under the bus, and let's start from there. I'm not saying he needs to go at all. That's not what I'm saying, but if we're going to talk about a system and all that kind of stuff, like he has the power to tell Gus Bradley to blitz more. He has the power to tell Gus Bradley to switch some things up personnel-wise. So if we want to be real about it, let's start from the head, and that's the head coach, and then work our way down.
1: Well, if we're going to go to the head coach, why don't we go a little bit higher? You know, uh, why can't we go with, uh, I don't know, uh, Ballard and say, hey, you know, look at the situation we're in. You, You got guys that can't seem to run the scheme that Gus Bradley wants to run and they're blowing coverages. And, you know, we kept Tony Brown because you really like Tony Brown, but he's a special teamer, right? And now, even special teamers, they got to be able to play defense, right? They got to be able to 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 run the scheme that they're in. And he blew so many coverages, you know that 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 happened. You look at you know um, uh, Daryl Baker Jr. right uh, earlier, the times that he's played, and yes, he plays very physical, very tight coverage, but he likes to get those pis, and he has issues tackling in the open field. You know what what's going on there so i mean it there's also like i said a lot of fans out there that want to that want chris ballard's head because you know oh well yes we lost grover stewart but it's next man up but the next man up obvi- there's a obvious obvious drop down in performance in our defensive line without grover stewart i mean it, it is it is massive you absolutely see the difference uh now That could speak to just how good Grover Stewart is, or it could be, you know, well, is the backups, you know, that much less than what they should be, you know, uh, playing out there on the field. So uh, I'll get your thoughts on that in just a second. But before I do, I just got to remind everybody that BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code Believe. That's BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So does Chris Ballard, should he be shouldering a little bit of this blame as well?
0: June 13th, 1959, in Lincoln Wood, Illinois, a man was born by the name of Jim Erset. Okay? We want to talk about someone's head being on the chopping block. Jim Erset's head's not on the chopping block. It's not happening. He owns the team. We get that. But when you are as vocal of a owner, as you are, as involved as an owner, as you are, um, everybody just cannot be the scapegoat all the time. And so it's not Ballard's fault. Ballard's decision-making is the best decision-making that he can possibly make that he feels he's making. Now, is that the right decision-making for the Colts? Clearly it's not. But whose fault is that? Is that Chris Ballard's fault? No. It's Jim Ursay's fault. Let's just call a spade a spade. Because at the end of the day, there's been questionable roster moves and and decisions that have been made for the past, I don't know, five, six years. Right? And so when we look at it from a standpoint of like, okay, that's the D coordinator. No, it's the coach. No, it's it's, it's, it's Ballard. Like, no, like, let's look at it from a standpoint of, if you're going to be that involved with your franchise, find someone that's going to make good decisions or override those decisions if you're that much involved. When I look at it from a standpoint of, and I hate to say, it, and you know, every coach fan is going to hate me for saying it, but I'm just saying from a standpoint of when I was with New England, right? Bob Kraft was very involved with the team. And he also put full trust in Belichick to make the right decisions. Did he step in sometimes to alter those decisions? There were some times where he altered some decisions and some things didn't go. It got over, got, it was an override on certain decisions. So when you look at it from a standpoint of the Colts, there's been decision-making that's been made for the past few years. And this guy has not been let go or anything like that. So when you look at it from a standpoint of make better decisions, get better people in the front office to make better decisions for these players and get the right players in, in, in the right, in the, in the, in the right spots. Now we talk about Grover Stewart. Yes. hundred percent. It is showing how good he is in the middle. Right. But it also comes down to doing your research and find the right guy to be the backup, because we all know there's a 90 or 85% chance that that guy's going to play this year. If he's on the two deep rosters, so let's make sure we find the best guys for those. And you can't sit, sit sit there and tell me that we can't find somebody good enough to fill up a backup role, knowing that some guys are going to go down during the season. Look at the secondary. Secondary is banged up, right? And now we're trying to find like, are we just fighting starters and not doing our due diligence because a good GM, a good player personnel guy, a good VP, what they're doing is they're not just finding the, the best starters. They're finding the best roster. They're finding the best guys to step in and feel like mm, this guy could be a starter in the, in, the winter start positions like this. Now there's superstars and it's not even close. We get that. We don't have superstars in the, in the, in the, in the secondary. Do we have one? No, we don't have a, we don't have perennial pro bowlers and a Ram Jalen Ramsey type corner. We just don't a sauce guard. We don't have those guys. So when it comes to us really doing our due diligence and making good roster moves, it's about the guys that you don't hear about. It's the guys that you have to go to training camp and really watch and be like, yo, this dude is for real. And he's not starting. That's how good we are this year. And it's like now, it's like every time we 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 get an injury, it's like, oh crap. Who who? Who activated from practice squad? We just signed them off the street two weeks. Who? Like, because I don't I just feel like there's a lot of decisions that have been made they could have been made a lot better. That's all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying.
1: I completely understand. And we're we're right now in that, you know, trade uh effect. You know, right after week eight, it's getting ready to end. And a few uh, hours. News just dropped with the Montez sweat trade to the Chicago Bears. And also, um, just like two hours ago, uh, it came out that Jalen Johnson for the Bears, the outside corner, requested a trade. He wants out. He wants out. Now, the Colts, we're in a situation, right, where we need someone of Jalen Johnson's abilities, but do do you put forth the trade plus the contract because he's in his fourth year right now, right? Jalen's in his fourth year. You're going to have to extend him if you want him, is that is that a situation that the Colts maybe should kind of explore if they feel like they have uh, an opportunity to, to get back on a winning track this year, or do you just sit things out?
0: At this point, you don't sit things out. What are you what are you doing? You're just sucking it like just sucking for the rest of the season to just to get a good draft pick? Or do you want to win football games? Because honestly, getting high draft picks hasn't been working out for us. So I think you bolster the, the roster with veterans. Guys have a lot of tread left on the tires, guys that can step in and play. You want a guy to cover somebody. He doesn't need to learn. He, he can learn the, the, the defensive scheme as the weeks go. But for the most part, if you put a man man coverage on a guy, he's going to play man coverage on a guy, right? And he plays it well. Um, do not want to – I mean, you're not going to give a first-round pick for him so that we're not worried about you know high, a high-round pick, but you got to give some something up for him, whether it's player a player – and in a pick couple, like, later round something, but I, but typical Colts fashion, we won't do anything. So I'm not about to waste my breath on it.
1: <laughs> I'd say the same thing. Uh, I'd love to get Jalen. I mean, like I said, he's in the fourth year of his contract. He's in a very similar scheme. Matt Eberflus, you know, over there, uh, runs a very similar scheme to Gus, so, I mean, it wouldn't be much of a transition going from the, the Bears to the Colts. I think it'd be a great move, um, but you're right. Ballard does not send high draft picks unless it is a sure thing like DeForest Buckner, right? That yep. that's about it. That, that's that's I mean, that was a for sure you're trading a first round pick for a perennial pro bowler, you know. Uh so that's that that is what it is. Jalen is not a perennial pro bowler. He's good at his job, but you know, I just I don't see him making this trade. I'd love to and a lot of Colts fans are asking for it. Uh, and I think it'd be a good move overall if you could get him for a third or less, right? He was a first round pick, uh, if I remember correctly, and he's, he's playing late round first, early second style, you know, cornerback right now. Uh, but again, you're going to have to end up paying the guy and you know, that's, that's, that's something that probably won't happen. Uh. What do the Colts do right now with the secondary being the way it is and, you know, the pass rush, just not getting enough pressure without sending a blitz? What what can Gus Bradley do to fix the issues that the Indianapolis Colts defense has had all year? I mean, they're dead last in scoring defense, and I think they're dead last in yardage given up, right? It's, it's
0: awful. You know, at the end of the day, you are paid to, to coach. And coaching is not just putting guys on the field and, and, and telling them to play a certain coverage or technique. You got a coach and coaching comes, coaching is more than just, coaching is more than just X's and O's. Coaching is, is, is truly getting to know your players, understanding their strengths and their weaknesses and being able to put them in better and, and just in good positions. And at the end of the day, you see from good teams, You see them putting their players in good positions when you're asking guys to do more than one thing, like you just have to go back and teach the basics. Like we get our eyes in the backfield damn near on every play action fake that there is, and we we get the ball gets thrown over top, or there's some type of busted coverage when we're in zone because this guy thinks he's got the flat, this guy thinks he's got the deep third, this guy thinks he like it. Like, let's just go back to like the basics. Like, we can win a, a football game. Offer of the basics in the secondary, understanding your job and doing your job. And I think if you dummy things down, guys are rattled right now. They understand where they're at. They understand they're banged up. They're understanding some guys feel like they need to overcompensate because another guy can't do what he's being asked to do. And they're not in a position to even raise their voice to talk about it. So, like you kind of seen a show, right? When you when when, when come Sunday. And so, you really got to just go back and coach these guys up. Go into the secondary room, Gus Bradley. Sit in the secondary room during during individual meetings. Work with work with your guys during during practice. Stand back there in the secondary and coach them. Right? Just but build them up because they're grown men, but we all have some type of, you know what I'm saying? We all have some type of of, of pride and we also have feelings and we also have confidence issues because I don't care who you are. You could, in basketball, you start missing free throws. You start missing jump shots. You got to keep shooting until you get out of that slump. But you also are rattled, too. Like, you don't you don't feel that same confidence when you come to the foul line, right? Those guys don't feel the same confidence when they line up because they've been getting beat. The other guy, but over, uh, uh, the safety behind him, he's, his eyes are in the backfield. When I think I got help, and here it is, six, because he got his eyes back, though, and I'm getting beat off a deep ball. When I shouldn't beat, I'm in decent position but I got no one else over the top to help me out. So it's just certain things. that just got to go back to the basics of they're not going to make a trade. They're not going to make a move. They're going to keep scoundering the, the, the depths of, of the NFL street, um, you know, corners and safeties of of, of that sort to try to figure out, you know, where they're going to be at. But at the end of the day, man, like you got to coach these guys up and, and put them in good positions and boost their confidence up. I mean, they're, they're human beings at the same time and they just need to be, you got to build them up. You got to build them up because right now they're broken.
1: See, I'm, I'm seeing a lot. I, I watch this, the, the the secondary a lot, and a lot of busted coverages had a lot to do with handing the guy off in zone. Right? That was a lot to do with. And it's not just Tony. Look, look. Blackman had a horrible game. Horrible game. I would see where Tony or Jalen would, would hand the guy off or, you know, get to the edge of his zone. And like, you know, let him go because he's at the edge. And right there's Blackman, you know, and Blackman doesn't see it. And he's covering some guy over the middle rather than going deep with the dude, you know. And next thing you know, he's wide open, 15 yards. You see Blackman burning ass trying to catch up. And you're like, you shouldn't have to put yourself in that situation. Um, so there's, there's a lot of busted coverages as we talked about. But could that also have a lot to do with the fact that these guys, they're all, Young, inexperienced, and they haven't played with each other, right? I mean, look, yes, Tony Brown's been on the same team with Blackman, Jalen Jones been on the same team with Thomas all year, but have how much have they practiced together, right? On first team defense, you, they haven't really a whole lot because you know uh injuries and stuff they come up. So, how much is this of just guys understanding? You think of what this dude is getting ready to do, how he hands a guy off or, you know, the communication between these guys, that kind of stuff. Because that's incredibly important in a zone defense is communication and understanding uh, how guys hand uh, their responsibility off uh, from zone to zone, right?
0: It's huge. It's huge. And, like, you know, the only time they probably did really get reps together was probably during training camp when they would just mix things up. But that is during practice is you, you you're not playing for 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 anything, right? You're just trying to get better. Um, one of the key things is gonna be them gelling together. You really don't see that um, you know, in the first beginning of a season when you have young guys. Um, and so like what well, I think it was a few weeks ago we talked about, you know, the Colts having a veteran back there to kind of bolster that whole unit and making sure that because like, honest to God truth, like your safety back there is your last line of defense slash, you know, saying he should be making some calls back there from what he sees from his vantage point. Cause we're not blitzing the safety. Like, I, I don't know the last time I've really seen Rodney come in on a blitz and sack the quarterback. Right. So they're he's back there in coverage. They're just in bad spots. And like, I don't know if it's just straight zone confusion. Right. Right. I don't know if it's a lack of them playing zone from college or lack of them playing zone period. Right. And they're just used to more man coverage, but whatever it is, like they've all got to just get on the same page with each other, especially the simple fact that, you know, there's, there's so many busted coverages every single game. It's not like, it's just like a couple here, you know, like what the, what, what, like what just happened? It's like six. And then you see it on the replay. You're like, how did he get wide open? You'd be like, they both just dropped him. They both just dropped him. And it's like, somebody's got him. Somebody's got the, that that deep part of the field. Like, so it, it's a lot to work through. Unfortunately, it's, it's happening during the season. Um, you know, I would really like to see the Colts I don't want to start talking about next year, but just, you know, looking forward, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Ballard, if he's still there, if I'm, if I'm Ursa, I'm making it a real precedent. Like who is that top corner or who's that top safety hitting for agency? I don't want a rookie anymore. I don't want a rookie. I just don't. I don't want another young guy because we have to keep talking about this because there's only a few that can step in and play the game right away.
1: That's all we have is
0: young guys. I'm tired of anymore. Right, and he ain't lighting it up either. Nope. And okay,
1: so uh, I am gonna. Uh, okay, so I-, I am gonna shout out uh, Rodney Thomas a little bit. He did make some plays. Uh, wasn't good enough, you know, in the end. But still, he was out there trying to make some plays out there. He looked to me like the best defensive back that was back there uh, this past Sunday. But another thing I want to discuss about the secondary is, you know, the decision making process of Gus Bradley. We Mm -hmm. all know Gus Bradley is his own defense guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you got this inexperience. You know, we talked about man coverage. Now, my thought is should he be playing man coverage? with all these young guys because everybody comes out of college playing man coverage, knows how to play man coverage. It's, it's, it's basic, simple football zone takes a little bit of time. You got to trust and understand the guys around you as well. You know, in zone, that's more of a, a, a team thing for zone rather than man on man when you're playing man coverage. But there might be a thought process with Gus. The more I let them play man coverage, the longer it's going to take for them to understand how to play my zone scheme. You know, <laughs> if I'm having them practice and, and and play, man, then how are they going to get up into being able to play my zone the way I want them to be able to play if I'm not having them run those reps with that zone? You know, so that, that's kind of a, a balanced thing that I think Gus has to, has to balance out. Uh, they might play better man right away you know, uh, go in, you might play better for a game or two, but if he wants them to play zone long-term, he's got to let them play and and, and take their bumps and bruises. Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
0: So it comes down to hiring and firing, right? And so you understand that, I mean, there's a lot of returning players from last year. Mm -hmm. Um, When you hire someone to come in, You can't just hire someone because they're your buddy or you know them to have success somewhere else um, and you think they can just do a good job from team to team. It just does not work that way. When you look at from a standpoint of uh, what's his name, the coordinator from the Chiefs going to uh, Washington, he's not having the same success that he had when he was with with the Chiefs. Now, granted, 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 he had Mahomes and all that, right? Granted, he had a high-powered offense. But you can't take that same offense and bring it to a whole different personnel and expect them to be able to do the same thing. It's no different from if you know this guy is a zone-heavy guy and you don't have the personnel, nor do you think that you have the players that can comprehend and execute that game plan, you're going to struggle. And you're seeing that right now. You're seeing them struggle because, A, those guys are learning new concepts B they're probably not the best zone kind of cover guys. Like there's some, there's some corners and safeties that love zone and they thrive in zone because they can't cover man to man. And there's some guys that love man to man because they struggle understanding zone concepts. And you're seeing that right now with the Colts, you're seeing them struggle with zone concepts because they haven't ran that a ton in their careers. And then you don't have a older veteran that can really sit down because here's the thing. When I was learning uh, new offenses and stuff, like I would always go to a guy that's been in the system be like, Hey man, explain this to me, break this down to me. Like, okay. So you mean to tell me that we're not, we're going to, we're going to disregard the guy on the end, them in on the line of scrimmage. We're not blocking him anymore because the what from where I came from, we always accounted for him or we're just going to let him run free OK, so we're, we're this is our, our our scheme here. If I have a guy here, like, how much are you going to help me out on this double team so we can talk and we can get used to this thing? Because I'm not used to running this type of offense. Now, I can get used to running. That's why I'm a professional athlete. It's going to take me some time. But help me help you. Right. So I can make your job easier. You can trust me to do my job effectively. We need to be on the same page but that's asking a guy that's in that's been in that system that knows how to run this scheme. Now you're asking, it's like the blind leading the blind. Right. I can't ask you for directions in the middle of the dark at midnight. And you never been down this road either. You don't even know where you at either. Like we holding hands trying to fill this thing out, not to bump into anything. You know what I'm saying? It's the same concept. So when I look at it from a standpoint, it's equivalent to the secondary right now in the linebackers too, you know, essentially. Right. I mean, it's a little bit easy for them. Like they know they got the flat, they know that whatever it is, but middle of the field, whatever, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, I just don't think conceptually that everybody understands what's going on with this zone defense. Yeah. I'm
1: I think we've talked enough about the defense so far in this episode, we just burnt 26 minutes or 25 minutes in it. Um, We're going to go to the offense and I'm a little upset with, with Shane. Um, Now, I feel like social media really pushed too much on the offense as compared to the defense. I felt, you know, the offense put 27 points on the board, all right? That should be enough to win a game, period, end of discussion, all right? Uh, But there was questionable play calling at the end of the game, Uh, and and I was screaming at it. They Down eight, that's one score, right? That's a touchdown Mm -hmm. and a two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. They have more than four minutes left. All three timeouts, didn't run the ball one time. They went straight out, gunning the ball, all right? Jonathan Taylor played one snap in the second half, right? After that first half that he had was great, right? Busted out a couple big plays. Granted, Moss, he he, he did okay in the first half too at the, at the end there. Um, they both ran the ball well. We did not run the football. It was over four minutes. All three timeouts, and all you needed to do was walk down the field, eat the clock, score. Maybe go into overtime, make this an even up game. Right? That's that was my thought. I was like, this is this is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But in typical Shane Steichen fashion, he abandoned the run and went straight all pass with a team that has historically this year with Minshew at quarterback <laughs> not done well. When you go straight past. Right. So that's a little bit worrisome that sh- Shane Steichen, uh is so easily deterred from running the football, in my opinion.
0: A thousand and one percent. You are accurate on that. That was probably the most disheartening part about watching that game. I'm like, what? Like, why are we? It's, it's not like we're down by 14 with four minutes left and we have to, we have to, we have to throw the football because we got to mm-hmm. get the ball back. It was not that. And this is not – the Saints are not a good football team to the point where you just think that if you get the ball – if you give them the ball back, you can't get it back. Um, <laughs> So one, one carry or whatever it is for Jonathan Taylor's second half is complete BS. You don't think he's upset about that. You don't think Zach Moss is upset about his production. You're creating a problem within your team by you putting the, all your trust into Gardner Minshew, who is – what five picks on the season so far and questionable throws and listen at the end of the day they abandon what they're good at they abandon who that what their identity is they abandon it and it 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 bit them in the butt in the long run like control the clock run the ball down right score a touchdown let's get a two-point conversion at worst if we don't get two-point conversion Get the ball back with at least two minutes to go, a minute and some change. Like, let's get the ball back, and let's let's fight. But at the end of the day, like, us just trying to air the ball out all of a sudden, asking guys to become heroes, like, asking Gardner Minshew to do more than what he really is capable of doing. He's good at managing a football game, not taking a game over. You're asking him to take a game over. You're essentially asking him to to, to be like a – you know, one of the elites that you're going to put all your trust in, like, hey, listen, don't give Tom the ball back with a minute left. You know he's going to score a touchdown. That's not what we're in right now. That's every time he drops back, please don't throw a pick. Please, 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 please don't throw a pick. Please, okay, out of bounds. Okay. Ooh, second down. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it looked like at the end of the game. I'm like, what are we doing? Give Jonathan Taylor the ball. You just gave him all this money. Give him the ball. Put him on the field. Put him at receiver. I don't care. Just throw the ball to him. Give give us a reason to say at least the guy who we're put who we put our trust in, so to speak, with giving them all this money and, and saying we want you here, is the one with the football in his hands. At the end of the day, he's on the sideline standing there.
1: Most explosive player we have on the whole team
0: might be the most one of the most explosive players in football right now. Yeah, to be exactly. to be completely honest, and, and yet he's
1: sitting on the sideline the almost the entire second half. I'm year. looking. at like. I'm like. Is he hurt? Like, what happened? I thought that? so too, because yeah. near the, end of the, the first half, you know, you've seen him kind of hopping around a little bit. Like, maybe he, he re injured his ankle or bust, or, or, you know, maybe had a light sprain on his knee the way he looked like he was trying to shake it off. And then you didn't see him the rest of the game, you know, in the second half. So, you know, myself and Colts fans were all like, oh, no, is, is Taylor hurt? And then at the end of the game, you know, in that press conference, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. It was just you know, Zach Moss was uh, on a roll, and then we got into a passing situation because of the score.
0: Zach Moss is not on a roll with 66 yards in a game. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is the BS that we have to listen to. Like, it's not a roll. It's not. It's not a roll. It's not – I mean, Taylor Taylor had 95 – he almost had 100 yards rushing in, in the first half, half and we a go away from that? So you mean tell me, theoretically, this man could have had almost 200 yards rushing – if we just did what we were doing, stuck to our game plan. I'm just saying, theoretically, 200 yards is, is a is a far-fetched. So, guys, don't kill me on that. But what I'm saying is you look at it from, if I score 20 points in the first half in basketball, damn it, I should have 35 at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, if he's 95 yards in the first half, I'm going to have a buck 30, buck 40 at least. Give me another 50 yards. I'm going to bust a big run here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bust a 50-yarder. So, there's my... Buck, buck thirty, buck forty-five, right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that changes the complexion of the game. And that's the thing, okay? Literally, if a running
1: back is not doing well in the first half, and when I say not doing well, not hitting at least four yards a carry, mm-hmm. let's say he's running two, three yards carry. The second half, if you stick with it, he's going to do better because that's that 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 defense is 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 bruised and tired, you know, and and you know you might be able to break off some bigger yards in the second half if he's already getting seven eight yards of carry in the first half and you continue running the football in the second holy crap you know you're going to end up having a guy you know you talk about he's going to break a big one yes he'll break another big one at some point you know because these guys are going to be a step behind because they're getting a little bit more tired you know, right. don't want to get beat up the way that they, they've been beat up on, on the offensive line. We got the offensive line to do it, and we went away from it. I get we were down two scores, you know, late in the third. I understand that. I get it, you know, but there was still plenty of time on the clock, right? Why did we have to go away from our game plan? Why did we have to go away from our best offensive producer? It just makes zero sense to me, okay? Um but it is what it is. Hey, I'm I'm happy for uh, Josh Downs. Looks like he's he's starting to come into his own. You know what is up with that Alec Pierce catch, that, dude? That was a catch. I don't care. His glove was underneath the point of the football, and they're then his arms wrapped underneath the ball when he hit the ground.
0: They're saying it moved a little bit, man.
1: But it never touched the ground.
0: I get it, man. But I, I listen. <laughs> when you leave it to the refs, it will fail you every time.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just saying.
0: You re- we got, screwed. It, we you got screwed. We got screwed. We got right screwed on that play. <laughs> we got we percent Honestly, I hate that. You know, I think Roddy's. Uh, that I think that was a pick. I don't think that the receiver ever truly like controlled it, and Roddy freaking took it from him. But they're going to give it to the offensive player every time. Like they got to change that rule.
1: Well. I mean, the offensive player had both hands on the ball the whole time.
0: So did Rodney, in my opinion. Right? Have... he
1: had both hands on it, and Rodney only had one hand. Right when they hit the ground, Rodney had one hand, and the I don't agree with on the, that one. I thought it was a hell of an effort
0: by Rodney. Absolutely, I thought it was hell a pick all day, it. every day of the week. I'm saying I, that's I, a pick. I'm
1: incredible. I I believe that was a when I saw it, I was like, it's oh, a catch. It's going to go against Rodney. That's a catch," but hell of an effort. You know, just like the the pass breakup uh, on the back of the end zone on the opposite corner. You know, I was like, that's why I was saying earlier, Rodney was our best player in in, in the defensive backfield, in my opinion, uh, in this game. But, hey, man, we've been running this for almost 35 minutes now. So, I think, uh, any, any final thoughts about the game?
0: You know, um, some positives to take away from it. Still, you know, 164 yards rushing. You'll take that any day of the week. That's a winning effort um, from the offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, just kind of seeing guys kind of step up. I mean, you, you see Josh down 72 yards receiving. Um, you know, I'd like to see more from um, from Pittman, right? But at the same time, you can't ask for more if your quarterback's not getting you the football or giving you good ball. So, um, you know, turnovers have to have to go down. Obviously, like that's going to be a big issue for us going moving forward. Um, you know, um just one of those things we gotta take care of the football. We we'll win a football game. We 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 just have to we just gotta do better. Defense we talked about it already, offense. I think we hit the nail on the head, and I'll leave it alone.
1: Yep, yep. I was kind of impressed, in all honesty, that we only had one turnover in that game. And that's sad that I was impressed that we only had one turnover in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> that, that's that's Fact of the matter, uh, considering, you know, Minshew had four, right, uh, two games prior. Um, So uh, continue to make better decisions. Uh, Look, you're not going to make every throw great, but or, or you know, be able to go to uh, protect the football every single time, but just do better. You know, that's all. That's all we're asking. And offense, just keep going keep going. Look, you're, you're scoring. You're moving the football. Keep doing what you do. Okay. Shane, don't abandon the run <laughs> period. All right. Uh, if it's still, if, if it's still logical that you can run the football and win do so because man, that, that that's a psychological and physical effect on the defense. If you're running the football on them and they can't stop it period. Okay. And, uh, Man, I, I hope Gus and this defense can find a way to 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 right the ship, right? I yep. really do, because otherwise we're going to have 60, 70 point games the rest of the season.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, I'm gonna get you a hat. I'm gonna go buy out a buy a hat. That's, you know, those run the damn ball hats. Oh. I'm gonna get you a run the damn ball hat. Right, right. We're rock it together.
1: <laughs> I would wear it. I would absolutely wear it. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. I believe in Colts. Um, brought to you by bet online i'm lawrence owen Uh, that's donald thomas and as usual go colts
0: go colts baby do you believe thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube